but yeah, he's likable and he's hot and everybody wants to see him with a shirt off. And he's going to be in Baywatch, so there's that. More yeah. Zac Efron with a shirt off. That's cool. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny. <laughs> Welcome to Pulp Fiction. This is the one where we review the nice guys. The latest from writer-director Shane Black, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Jacob, let's check out that trailer. Who is it? Messenger service. March, we're going to play a game. I think you have the wrong house. It's called Shut Up Unless You're Me. I love that game. You're a private investigator? Just 20 bucks in there, all right? Just take it. No, I told you. I'm not here for that. I'm a messenger. Give me a lift, Arnold. No! Yeah, come on. No! When you're talking to your doctor, no! you tell him you have a spiral fracture. No! Deep breath. No! Yeah! Think about it. I'm not in the yellow pages. If you got trouble with someone, you might ask around for me. Jackson Healy. I work for the Department of Justice. My daughter, Amelia, is in danger. Please find her, protect her. March, Jack Ely. I'm not here to hurt you, so I'm gonna ask you a question. No. How stupid do you think I am? I got a license to carry, dumbass. And ever since your little visit, this little baby's gonna stay right here. Don't move. Trust, say you're pretty good at this. I want you to find Amelia. You're the guy who beat up my dad. Sucker punched your dad. You seen this girl? She's got dark hair. Name's Amelia. Who's in it for me? He'll stop doing it. Don't lie. Dad? Thank you, sir. The nice guys, a mismatched pair of private eyes, investigate the apparent suicide of a fading porn star. In 1970s Los Angeles, I am your host, Brandon Rabar, with my co-host Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jamison, as always. And I think we're all excited about reviewing the Nice Guys. This is a movie that's kind of gone under the radar, unfortunately. I thought and hoped that this movie would get more notice than Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, his his feature debut as a director. I'm a big Shane Black fan. He was responsible for writing. I don't know if a lot of people know this. Lethal, the entire All the Lethal, lethal Weapon series, yeah. and then the Monster Squad, which was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. The Last Boy Scout and the Long Kiss Goodnight. So he's written a lot of movies and randomly Iron Man three. Yeah, that is really he wrote random. And directed Iron Man three, which really is really strange. So weird. But it was a return to form after the terribleness that was Iron Man two. It was a little bit better, at least. That's questionable. I think it was a little bit better than Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2 was terrible. It was, but I didn't like 3 either. I think it was kind of beyond repair at that point. Let's talk about <laughs> Iron Man 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> but Shane Black, I'm a big fan of. I, Rachel and I love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, love, love. I don't know how and you feel about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I've only seen it once. and I mean, I liked it. I just haven't seen it enough. I, I just love his love style. love it. It's in my top three movies most people, of all time, probably. Most people I know really like it. Yeah, and the thing, it's kind of become a bit of a cult classic. And I was hoping kind of riding the coattails of that, kind of becoming a cult classic, and Shane Black's name becoming more popular. And then having Russell Crowe and, Russell Crow and Ryan Gosling and getting such good reviews that this movie would make some money, but it really has kind of gone under the radar. I think they made a mistake, honestly, by releasing it in the summer 
around so many big it action seemed like a random movies. time yeah. to do that yeah, yeah. they should have released it might more be more like an fall. august movie yes they should have released it in the fall where it could kind of be more featured oh cool a funny movie a funny action adventure starring russell crowe and yeah. ryan gosling i think they kind of dropped the ball but be that what what it may i enjoyed the heck out of it rachel what did you think of the nice guys i thought it was pretty great i think i liked it more than you but um I was pretty excited about this. Just Shane Black, Russell Crowe, and Ryan Gosling. That's pretty freaking awesome to me. And one thing that I really loved about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was the chemistry between uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. This is something that, I mean, look at the Lethal Weapon movies between Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. He's really good at finding charism- uh, a lot of people with chemistry between them as his main characters and he's really good at writing dialogue between the two of them that's where his his strength is for movies like this so i was really excited about it because i love ryan gosling russell crowe is great i know that you think i hate russell crowe but he's from new zealand how could i hate him (laughs) um but anyways i thought that he the chemistry was there between them too i thought that they nailed it I, it's not as good as Kiss Kiss Bang Dang to me, but... Bang Dang. Bang Dang. Bang Dang. dang. <laughs> um, but, I mean, really nothing is. That's one of my favorite movies ever. But there's, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with that movie, and I think that was the overall thing. It's not a great movie. It has flaws, but... I, I don't know that I wouldn't say it's not a great movie. I thought... I, I, I Okay. I thought it was a great movie, but yeah, I don't I know that say. everyone will think it's a great movie. It does. It's not a flawless movie by any means. Yeah. I have some complaints with it, but I had a lot of fun in the theater and had a lot of fun watching this movie. Jacob, your thoughts on the nice guys. Honestly, I was disappointed. Really? Yeah. I thought it was just okay. I, I laughed. I started out laughing pretty hard at first. There was some good stuff, but I really felt like it kind of dragged and, um, Skeeter disagrees with Skeeter you. Skeeter is a big fan of the nice guys. He's getting ticked. <laughs> Skeeter's the Pulp Fiction mascot, by the way. Yeah. You're not going outside. <laughs> See if I can get him to bark. You're not going outside. You want to go outside? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hold, please. <laughs> So you were disappointed. Uh, you thought it dragged at some point. I wish I remembered it better. Um, so this was the moment. Yeah, I thought I had. I thought I had like a lot of really good characters in it. I thought I thought of Kim Basinger. Oh my gosh, wasn't she terrible? Yeah, she was terrible. She was but, I, I, bad. but I thought there were a lot of really good characters in this movie. I thought there were a lot of really funny moments, a lot of physical comedy that was going on. Yep. Um, I didn't really mind the subject matter that there, that we were dealing with porn, obviously. <laughs> I, I I love buddy cop or you know just buddy buddy movies sometimes, and I mean Lethal Weapon is one of my favorite action movies. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's it's right up my alley. It really is, but I, something just seemed missing in it, and I think it was where they were kind of going in the third act. That's probably what it is. The third act was kind of a mess for me and it totally lost its direction i would agree with you that. know you go in with the process of well you're working with them you're learning what they're learning as the movie's going along you don't know anything that they don't know but when you get there it's like wait what and then we're going to put this into we always spoil here on pulp fiction so if you don't want to you know <laughs> a little mm-hmm. late on that one but if you mm-hmm. don't want to hear it you know pause this go watch it come back but when they, when they put this porn into some kind of um 
Oh, what's word? You know, political. Yeah. Have a political agenda on it at an automobile show. Yes. Yeah. It just that, got really it didn't out make there any for sense. me. And, yeah. And I agree totally. It, it threw me for, for a loop. And so I, I think that's it. I think that's why I was just kind of disappointed. But as far as Ra- Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling go, you know, I'm a big Russell Crowe fan. He's one of my favorite actors. Same here. Um, it was great to see him on screen because I just don't feel like we get enough of him these days. Yeah. It's nice to see him return to form as kind of a tough guy. Yeah. And then really with Ryan Gosling, after he took a couple year break, Rach, you're more familiar with this. You he, know, has he did a, a couple bad movies, then he took like a couple years. He actually hasn't been breaking. He's been making a movie this entire time. Oh, it's, really? a, it's the Terrence Malick movie, who's notorious oh. for taking six years to make a movie. So he's been tied okay. up with that. So, you know, he was not doing very good movies there towards the end then that's what i was kind of getting at yeah only god forgives was kind of a that bombed and yeah mm-hmm. i don't remember what the other one was but, but yeah. since he's kind of showed back up we've had um big short the big short is that just it the big short and the nice guys yeah. which i thought which was, is great return to form. love the big short and yeah. i thought he was great in this movie he was. he was and i like ryan gosling he's a fun funny charismatic actor guys like him girls like him so it had all the elements there. And I think Shane Black writes dark characters, dark comedy. I mean, think about his characters in Lethal Weapon. You know, one of them suicidal. Yep. I think he, I mean, I don't know that much about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but weren't, weren't one of them kind of jacked up too? Robert Downey Jr. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's a thief. So I enjoy that. They're not perfect characters. Yeah. So, so it's it's all there, and, and the styles of the seventies that was completely captured. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he did really well. So with that. you know, visually, it was kind of cool and. It just was missing something. I think it was that third act that just that really just did it. The third act was definitely one of my issues with it as well. Just because it didn't it didn't make any sense. The fact that they were trying to get this message across in a porn was already pretty outlandish, but whatever, I can go with it. But when they were trying to show it in an auto show, which just made no sense to me, uh, I agree with you on that. It kind of lost its way and, there a little and bit. For some at the reason, end. I never really cared about Amelia or the other Misty Mountains character. I never really cared about who they were trying to hunt down or solve whatever because I was a little confused, to be honest. I wasn't sure if they were the same person, but once I figured out that they weren't, it was like, okay, well, why do I care? And where's that? where am I supposed to be invested in that? I just never got it. But it was fun to see them go through this puzzle just because it was just good acting. Right. You know, lots of dialogue. <laughs> So you can see where my complaints are. Yeah, no, I, I'm somewhere right in the middle of you two. I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I I thought it was a really good movie, but I completely agree that third act really, everything that you guys said about the showing the porn during the auto deal and what that all meant, and then Kim Basinger's position and what that had to do with it all, that all kind of was a mess. It, I think it was too much. They well, should have kept it more simple. And I thought this was kind of hokey because when you have Kim Basinger show up halfway to two thirds through the movie, that's a big name character who's all of a sudden like, that's my daughter and I have interest in this, but she's a, you know, high up in the justice system. It, yeah. To me, I thought it was a glaring, okay, that's the bad guy. Yeah. That I mean, was, that was uh, totally, I totally read that. Did you all not? That yeah. was one of my biggest complaints. Cause with kiss, kiss, bang, bang, I really didn't know what was happening. Like that was a good mystery. That was a really yes. good mystery to me. And to me, it was totally obvious that Kim Basinger was the bad guy as soon as she showed up. And she, it, she and she talk about so putting it through the, going bad. through the motions. 
She just looked like she was just there. She well, was so bad. She, she it looked like she was sleepwalking through her line. Probably because she couldn't move her face. Yeah. That's her, what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. That's true. <laughs> and and like you said, her daughter, she got one big scene when she was on the bed explaining everything. Mm-hmm. She's kind of unlikable. We've yeah, been she's kind of a bizzo. Yeah, yeah. she was. And we're trying to – she was the one that we've been trying to save this whole time. And then you save her and she's just kind of like a jerk. And she wants to run away right away. I'm like, well, I don't even care about this character. Would you mind starting from the top? Okay, okay. I made a film. I made a film with Dean, my boyfriend. And the idea was that we were going to, you know, like, make this experimental film, like uh, an artistic film. Porno film? That's just the commercial element, okay? Okay? Sid said we had to have that. And the reality was we were getting our message out there. And... And it was all in the film. Names and dates and everything. Everything that my mom was doing. And once it was out there, once it was in theaters, there's no way that they could suppress it. There's no way that they could cover it up. So let me get this straight. You made a porno film where the point was the plot. (sighs) What's your hangout, man? Did you have a problem that she just ran out and got shot? Was that an issue for either one of you? Yes, I actually thought it was kind of funny. Well, I was going to say it was funny and it was shocking. The way that it happened... Especially like the the bad guy's reaction, like, oh, well, this was easy. And then <laughs> right. just shoots her in the face. Thought- and it was so shocking and out of nowhere. And so I was shocked. I thought it was a good little twist. And it was. Holy crap. I did think it was funny. Did you not even get that? I left to go to the bathroom uh, right after that shootout scene at the house. Oh, right after that. She goes out the window. She- and she the, escapes. The, she escapes, and the bad guy was driving around the other side of that road, the other side of the house, and she goes out to hitch a ride because she's trying to escape, and it's the bad guy. He's like, oh, well, this is easy, and then it shows a shot from the back of the car, and he basically shot her in the face, and she falls down. Oh, my God. I, no, I knew I had 30 minutes left, and so I was like, what could really happen? <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty major You thing. know what's kind of funny is that when I came back, I never even noticed she wasn't in the movie again. <laughs> Seems like the whole reason I think we figured out why Jacob's a little bit fuzzy on the storyline and what's going on. Well, yeah, yeah but what, what what purpose did it serve afterwards, whether she died or not? I mean, it didn't it didn't necessarily. Other than that, was their <laughs> that's who they were trying. They that were upset drove the story about, right, for a while, right. and then after that, I was like, well. Stop them from, you know, we need to make sure that they see this or whatever because the message needs to get out. I don't really. But still, that's where look, it goes completely silly, right? Look, I can't believe first, she died. The first two <laughs> thirds of this movie is a lot of fun. It's hilarious. The chemistry yeah. between the two leads is great. I even like the daughter. I didn't think she was the greatest actress. I want to talk about but, her real but quick. But I liked her character. I did too. And like the situations that she was put in. And she was kind of like the voice of reason. She was kind of the. She annoyed me. I mean, like, I thought she was a good little actress. Her, her name's uh, it's either Andrew Rice or Angori Rice. Uh-huh. Does she not look like Anna Klumsky from My Girl? I can totally see that, yeah. The entire yeah. time I was like, wow, it's throwing me off. Okay, yeah, I totally so I did not that. realize that Anna Klumsky is also like the assistant in Veep. I didn't know that. I, I did not even I know she was know acting that. still, yeah. so it just completely threw me for a loop. I was annoyed that, you know, here we have two PIs, and I know Ryan Gosling, he's either good or bad at doing his job. It's questionable <laughs> at times. Yeah, Which is both. why but he's then you a have great character. This yeah. prodigy ten year old who knows how to do it. It was just was a little bit I don't know. She See, was, that didn't bother she me. was kind of the penny to his inspector gadget. That's yeah. exact that's a, yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. But that's true. It just 
it just didn't do. See, it that didn't, didn't work bother. For me. I get what you're saying. I can see yeah, why I, it would bother you, but it, that didn't really bother me. I kind of like the. And it was almost look. This movie I like how Russell lo- Crowe could figure stuff out. You know, because you know, whenever Ryan Gosling would screw up, he'd be like, "Are you serious? Like, you can't even smell this. It's getting worse and worse." Yeah. You know, I thought that was funny, but when she just kept, you're right, the penny. When she kept doing that, it's like, okay, how many more times is this going to happen in this movie? And it happened a lot. This movie was very, very, very much like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in that Russell Crowe was Val Kilmer. Yep. Ryan Gosling was Robert Downey Jr. Uh, the Holly, the little daughter, was Michelle Monaghan. Uh, that was pretty much those characters. Yep. And then uh, it took place in Los Angeles involving Hollywood and private eyes and funny comedy action adventure mystery whodunit yep i mean it's very much very much so similar to kiss kiss bang bang and i guess for me there was a little bit of disappointment in that i love kiss kiss bang bang so much and that this was just basically a lesser than version of but still i enjoyed a lot because of russell Crowe and ryan gosling and their chemistry and and their dialogue and the script yeah so overall i'd still give it a thumbs up and and probably an 8 out of a 10. I really liked it a lot. But I, I agree the third act was really messy. And the explanation was really messy. Well, and additionally to that third act. Okay, so John Boy, played by Matt Bomer. You know, I think he was a pretty decent villain. But he didn't even come onto the scene until way too late in the movie. Yeah. You know, before we had Keith David, who I actually like as an actor. He's and usually good in everything him. he's in. He's hilarious um, and menacing and when he wants to be. But he was Bo wasted Nat played a blue face, which I thought he was a pretty good villain too. He was, yeah. Which, you know, I... I I like that they killed him off reasonably early. And, yeah. But then we have another bad guy in Kim Basinger. And then we have another guy, bad guy in John Boy. And, and it's just like, okay, well, how many more are they just going to keep popping up? Oh, well, then, of course, we have our assistant. That was Mr. Yeah, yeah, DaCosta. You know, then we have her, you know, another bad guy. It's just like, okay, there's just too much is more popping up. And it just got messy. I mean, I'm spoiling it for her, aren't no, you? No, I mean, I Y'all can, thought you liked it. No, now you're like, I, can, oh. so I still liked it. I can see <laughs> all of the things that you're saying, but I still had such a good time watching it. Despite that, all it of was, its flaws, it, I had still a great pass time. Me too. I know I'll watch it again because I, I, I really enjoy these two actors. It, it, yeah. it totally gets a pass, but I'm still very frustrated by these flaws. I can see that. And what yeah. about the dream sequence with the bug? The fly in the back seat wasn't that just random? That was it just really a whole other level. That was so random. That was like a different movie. Yeah, like kind of came out of nowhere. What happened? What's that name of that movie with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis, where they kind of do drugs and go off in that dreamlike state yeah. as well? It's a comedy too. And it's just like that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, but that's comedy, and you more so can expect something like that. True. In that kind of a movie, isn't it like Delivery Man or something? Wait, no, nope. that's a different. I know exactly what you're talking about. I do too. Did Michelle Monaghan in that too? I don't remember. I don't know. They pushed Robert F- Downey Jr. too far in that movie. He was a jerk. Yep. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Overall, though, I liked it. Uh, I still think Shane Black writes some great dialogue and I do some too. great one-liners and some great jokes and Russ Crowe and Ryan Gosling. Blue. So maybe watch The Nice Guys first. Due date. That's what it was. Maybe watch and The Nice... Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, good call. <laughs> uh, maybe watch The Nice Guys first. And then watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang so you won't be disappointed because you watch Kiss Kiss Bang go. first. There you go. And then watch Good The call. Nice Guys. <laughs> Good call. I think it's nice to have movies like this every once in a while, though, because I do often complain about not getting something more gritty, more, you know, dirty, non-perfect characters you know, and just could throw throwdown. Yeah. Well, this that, is good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a start, you know, as opposed to a lot of these stupid comedy buddy movies. Yeah. 
honestly like a get hard. Yeah. You know, it's kind of tricky how to, how to yeah. say that, but you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Because that just becomes screaming and acting like idiots. It does. Whereas I miss like the 48 hours and the, and the lethal right. weapons yeah. and the Beverly Hills cop and, yeah. and that sort of great 80s. Well, action, look at, action and movies. look at the the atmosphere that was created, like the the way this film was shot compared to just a generic cut and paste buddy comedy. Yeah, he's a like, better director than yeah, that. Yeah, much better director. Also, shout out to Val Kilmer's son. I guess that he, he's trying to act right yeah. now, Jack Kilmer. Yeah. And so Shane Black, I'm sure because of his connection with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, gave his son Jack Kilmer a role in he plays The Nice Guys. Chet, the photographer, the yeah, he was like cinematographer. Yeah, he was a, a part of the Amelia Girl yeah. porn movie slasher. That was cool when I found that out. Yeah, yeah, that was, was cool. It, was he the one that was like, "You want to see my dick"? Was he that? It was no, no, no. Oh, okay. He was the. He was the one showing him that house when the kid that said, you want to see my dad? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking. That was I so just, random. Yeah. I was curious. It uh, was like almost unnecessary, really. One, one last thing. It is. It does have dark humor. If you don't, if, if you're offended by the opening sequence where she, this kid sneaks into his parents' room, steals some porn, and then sees a porn actress drive off the road, Finds her and she's just naked laying there. If you don't find some sort of like <laughs> entertainment value in that, you're not going to get this movie. You're not going to like the humor in it. It's all very dark and gritty like that. So Missy Mountains is a great porn name too, by the way. It is a great porn name. That's apparently the name of their production. Uh, something like that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Well, there you uh, have it. Well, that is The Nice Guys, directed by Shane Black, starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. And uh, it's now the time of the show where we talk about what we've been watching lately. So, boys and girls, what have you been watching lately? Jacob. Uh, I got four movies here to talk about. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yes. How long has it been since you, since you saw Crocodile Dude, Dundee? seriously, probably... 25 years. Probably, you haven't yep. seen it recently? No, but I loved, when I was a kid, I watched the crap out of that movie. I've probably seen it 10 times, but okay. it's been 25 years. It's since on the Netflix last time. right now. I really may watch it. It's, it's, I've seen it, I see it probably every five to 10 years. Um, I've seen the second one a couple times too, even. It's not terrible, but the first one was pretty great. It was awesome. You know, Paul Hogan helped write that screenplay. Yeah. And. Oh, you know, I, I, I did a bit of research a couple of weeks ago, but I really just think this movie holds up really well still. Does it? Um, it got yes. pretty decent reviews, I think. Uh, it's still like a seven and a half by the fans on IMDb. Oh, Oscar nominee for best writing and screenplay. But that t- dude, about <laughs> a, a comedy about a dude from Australia who comes to New York. You know that the screenplay is really good if it got nominated. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. So uh, Linda Kozlowski, who plays Sue Charlton, you know, they're uh, yeah. married in real life. Yes, they got married in that. real life. They did. Um, if you don't know what Crocodile Dundee about, is about, let me just read it to you real quick. An American reporter goes to the Australian outback to meet an eccentric crocodile poacher and invites him to New York City. Now, really, the first half of that movie is in Australia, and I guess it's the second half was when they're back in New York City. So it's certainly a fish out of water on both sides. Seeing him in the outback and kind of 
playing his games with hers, his little mind games, whereas mm. he's looking at the sun to tell her what time it is where he actually has a watch and she yeah. doesn't know about it. Yeah. Um, you know, he just kind of messes with her the whole movie. It kind of sets up a fun little, you know, romance or relationship between the two. Yeah. And then when they get back to New York City, of course, this is, you know, 1985, 86 when this came out. 86. So, you yeah. know, it's that 80s style, new wave, weird, weird haircuts, weird dresses. Yeah. Um, and it's just a fun movie. Uh, it's it's a it's a good story. It's a good romantic comedy. Yeah, uh, with 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 some action in there, especially that crocodile scene where that was awesome. You know, she won't, that doesn't hold it very well. I'll oh, say it does that not because the you know the crocodile gets a hold of her canteen uh-huh. and it's trying to trying to pull her in the water, and she's able to fight off the croc with that around her <laughs> neck. Okay, you know. She'd be in the water in a second. Oh, absolutely. You know, either that or her neck would be you yeah. know, severed. It was the number two <laughs> biggest movie of uh, 1986 behind Top Gun. Was it really? Top Gun only made $2 million more than it. Uh, but it, yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge hit. Where do you go and, to to find that? that uh, boxofficemojo.com. And then you go to the yearly tab. And you can check out pretty much every year from like the late 70s or 80s onward. It has every single movie and how much money they made. So yeah. Number two movie of 1986. Just a, just a good movie. Yeah. Good um, choice. <laughs> I uh, also watched uh, Apocalypse Now, which was one of my shamelessly have never seen movies. That's right. Now, I, I have watched seen it. I have watched that movie twice, two-thirds of the way. Okay. And I ha- both times I had to turn it off to go somewhere. Okay. Uh, the first time it's it happened, I just never got back to it. The second time, this this is for real. I turned it off. I had to leave. I said, well, I'll get back to it tomorrow. I came back and Netflix took it off. Oh, I remember you saying yeah, that. Yeah, we discussed that. I remember that. you That's telling right. that story. That's right. Yeah. So um, I, I I finally got to see, I, I had never seen the Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando Yeah, because it's it. not until the end. And it, I'll tell you what, it is a long movie, man. Oh, it's really it long. It is. Um, it's kind of painfully long. As great a movie it is, and it is a great, epic, classic movie. It is long, and you know sometimes what? it's hard to sit through. I mean, I've seen a lot of long movies, and this is only two, and, I say only two and a half hours, but I've seen a lot of three-hour movies that, don't, it feels that long didn't that. seem as long as it this. It feels long. So what does that say? I'll say this, and it, it, won, for, it won for Best Cinematography. Mm-hmm. It is filmed beautifully. I don't see how it didn't, didn't win for art direction. Yeah, that's, that's shocking, actually. Um, because, like, say the scene where they're, uh, the boat's going underneath the plane that's crashed in the water. Yeah. Uh, will shoot continuously along the banks of that river, and I don't, I don't have it in front of me. I don't know where it was filmed. I'm assuming it was filmed somewhere. Over yeah, I can't remember exactly. But yeah, it's, it's somewhere over there. Do you need to you watch know, the Southeastern documentary, Asia. The Heart of Darkness? Okay, mm-hmm. it covers the filming of Apocalypse Now, and, and I mean, it, was it was a, a disaster. disaster. Like it. Oh, okay. I mean, it was like tragic thing after tragic thing, hardship after hardship. Stopping production, going over budget, the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Like in the end, I, I mean, it's an amazing movie. The scene yeah. where they rush the beach in the helicopters. Yeah. You know, and they play the dun da da dun dun. I think it's Wagner. Yeah. Um, that's an awesome. It is amazing scene. You it know, is. and I love the smell of napalm in the morning. There's oh, some great yeah. lines in it. When it finally got to Marlon Brando, I wasn't sure what to expect. Honestly, I was a lit. It was a little anticlimactic for me. Was it? Yes. Now, Brando's Brando, he delivers. Right. But in the events of what happens to him, it was like, oh, just like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I was just, 
you, you can see why I'm a little disappointed. Well, I can see that there the, was quite a buildup to it. Well, yeah, I mean, they the just giving all these stops along the way. Clothes. Yeah, and look, so. and when they got to where he was, like that was a pretty crazy scene. You know, oh yeah, the the whole set was uh, bloody. It was, um, I mean, it, I imagine for 1979, it was quite the state of something to see. And really, right. I just kept, I just kept wondering, are there really places out there like that? Right. Do you do you know by chance? I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. Okay, because. You know, my father was in Vietnam. I don't know about any of your parents. And dad certainly never mentioned anything like that. Of course, dad was off guarding, a, a, a you know, guarding stuff. He wasn't actually in right. the shit. So yeah. um, maybe a little bit different situation. I just never, I don't recall. You know, I've seen Platoon. I've seen lots of other Vietnam movies where I just don't recall seeing elements like that. So it's like, how believable is this? Right. But still pretty cool. No, also, I'm not a fan of The Doors, and that movie blasted Doors all over. Oh, I love The Doors, though. <laughs> I've never I'm, a, the doors. I'm a huge Doors fan, so I <laughs> really? love all that stuff. That's one of the yeah, classic do. rock bands I don't like. Really? But yeah, they do play a lot of Doors in it. Um, but visually, man, that was amazing. Oh, it's an amazing movie, visually. Um, I, I do I do think I should point out uh, Martin Sheen. He's the yeah. main character. was great in it. Yes. Robert Duvall, who was nominated for a supporting actor, he was awesome. Oh, he's great in it. I yeah. love him in, in Apocalypse Now. And, you know, we just... Even your boy Harrison Ford has a small little role I know, in it. I like know. Like a tiny little role. It's awesome. I thought that was cool. Like, when you really think about the five directors that came from back in the 70s, Scorsese, Coppola, um, Spielberg, Lucas, and De Palma. Yep. You know, those guys that like, intertwining the actors they used and probably yeah. cinematographers and editors. I mean... They all came from the same college, right? They all came from Berkeley. Is that right? Right, yeah. Um, I think it was Berkeley. Either that or... um, I think it was Berkeley. Well, it was either USC or or UCLA. Yeah. Uh, And so that's kind of a cool story in itself. Yeah. And uh, it's just... We were really... I think we were pretty fortunate. I don't know if that'll happen again. Yeah, the 70s were... Pretty amazing. Were incredible. Yeah. Additionally, I watched The Sound of Music, which... Is a whole lot longer than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> well, it's two hours and fifty-four minutes. I thought it was three and a half hours. Either way, um, do you all like the sound of music? Mm. I like the sound of music for what it represents. <laughs> Are like, you serious? I like. I like the, uh, listen, I love musicals. I do, and I like the sound of music. Here's what I would say: I like the sound of music, and I like what's come of the sound of music, and I like the music. But if you're like, hey, let's get together and watch Sound of Music, I'm like, eh, how about we watch Just Friends instead? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I like it, but I don't necessarily want to watch it a lot. Oh, man, I love the Sound of Music. I have not you, seen it since I am I was pretty young okay. and probably couldn't appreciate it, but I just remember it being super boring. Really? When you're young. I think if you watched it as an adult, you would like it more. I probably would. I but mean, I, I, I did forget how long it was. Yeah, but it's long. I, I love it. And my mom always played it when I was when I was a kid. So did mine. You know, when they set it to inflation, they say it's still the third best-selling movie of all time. Behind That's Gone with crazy. the Wind and what would be second? I guess. Titanic. Titanic or, or Avatar. Yeah. Inflation. 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 Oh, good point. Well, I'll say this again. Great. It was beautiful. It was it was it was amazingly shot. I mean, this And is, Julie Andrews is awesome. Oh, she's so good. This she is, is 1965 and you know it opens with all these shots in Austria and yeah, there are helicopters and it's easy to capture uh, landscape, but it's still really pretty, man. It was so oh, cool. Oh, it's a beautiful movie and the music is great. And the Julie music Andrews is really great. Good. 
I, I really do like it. Like it's it's a classic, deservedly so. I think the most interesting fact that I've learned from sound, the sound of music over the years was that Christopher Plummer, who plays Captain Von Trapp, hated the movie. He hated it huh. during the entire filming. He was drunk in half the scenes, <laughs> and he really? he's he has called it the sound of music for decades, <laughs> and he never liked it. He hated everything. He he. I guess he and Julie Andrews are still friends and have, or close friends actually. Yeah. But he said it was it was like he calls it like a, a Valentine card. Really. Um, hmm. That he like he, a never ending Valentine card or something like that. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It's, he's a good actor. Yeah, he was a stage actor when I was yeah. kind of reading about it. You know, they held out on other actors because he because of I guess his stage presence. And, yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, he's still very harsh. Yeah. Also, I did not know that this is based on true story. Really? The Von Trapps are a real family. They were huh. a real singing family that escaped. No way. Really? But they did not escape over the mountains. They escaped through a train out of out of That's Austria. Crazy. And they escaped to uh, America. Yeah. That's awesome. So uh, Marie, Maria like Von Trapp was right, actually somewhat of a producer on the on throughout the movie, but they said she was kinda of hard to work with. Huh. But uh yeah, she she was a nun. And she said she was actually worse than how they portrayed in the movie. Really? As being, you know, an out, you know, kind of wildling. Yeah. So, you know, all based off true events. That makes it even better. So kind of cool. But yeah. I, for me, the the music, you know, I grew up with a family. My, my mom, my sister was in opera. My mom loves musicals. And so, mm. you know, I don't mind musicals at all. I oh, think I actually like musicals quite a bit. I think they're kind of a lost art yeah. uh, these days. And so when you get to see these classics, it's just, they're usually, you know, really yeah. good and uh, the music in this is outstanding. Yeah. Uh, Roger and Hammerstein. So, sounding music, I have it, I give it a 10. It's just, it, I love oh, it's it. It's a great movie, yeah. Uh, lastly, I want to talk about Rust and Bone. Yes. Okay, so this movie I've been waiting forever to find it on some streaming something since 2012 when it came out. And it never did, so I finally just rented it. I, sh- I need to buy it now. Um, you liked it that much? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was an um, awesome movie. So Rust and Bone came out in 2012. It is a French film starring Marion Cotillard and Matthias Schoen... Oh, I'm going to butcher it. Schoenarts? Schoenarts? I don't know. Not going not, not to work here anymore anyways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, the, uh, here's what it's about. Put in charge of his young son, Elaine, played by Matthew, leaves Belgium for Antibes to live with his sister and her husband as a family. Elaine's bond... With Stephanie, a killer well trainer, grows deeper after Stephanie suffers a horrible accident. And that horrible accident is at the hands of a killer well. So this is a love story drama. It's a love drama, romance yeah, drama. It is, yeah, yeah, it's a romance drama for sure. But, but it's, <coughs> it's very high on both. I mean, it's, it's, I'd say it's equal parts romance and drama. It was uh, directed by uh, Jacques Audiard, who also uh, directed it. A Prophet. Um, which I've never seen a prophet. Have you all? I have not. I, I have not either. About it, but okay. In short, I, I love this movie. I, I, everything that I have been wanting to, that all my expectations were completely fulfilled. And here's why: the trailer is an awesome trailer, and it plays M83 throughout it. So it's one of those inspirational kind of trailers, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I watched the movie, and it was like, whoa. Because it kind of taps into this relationship where really everyone's down. And that's the thing. It's not an easy watch because everyone's depressed. Bad things yes. keep happening. Yeah. And this guy cannot get his shit together. Yes. Uh, Aiden. He is selfish. He is, I mean, he's not sociopathic. 
You know, it's not like he doesn't care. He just, well, I guess he's just selfish. And he doesn't care. You know, <laughs> but, you know, he, he is, he's trying to raise his kid, but he's off doing his own thing too. You know, they're poor. They, they live in, in bad circumstances. He gets in situations where he thinks he's trying to make money and do good, but he kind of ends up screwing his sister over. Yeah, that's right. You know, he just continuously screws up. And then you have Marion Cotillard, who she, in the beginning, she's a flirt. She just likes men to look at her, and then she just walks away and does her own thing. Then she has this terrible accident, and she now she's vulnerable. She's insecure. She um, completely changes as a character. And honestly, watching her act in this is amazing. I don't yep. know if she was nominated. Uh, she People actually thought that she may be a frontrunner to win the Oscar, she was nominated for the Golden Globe, and she was nominated for all the Precursor Awards. She did not get nominated for the Academy Award, which shocked people. People thought she was a shoe in to be nominated, but I think it was one of those deals. It was a foreign movie. Because it was a foreign movie, and, and she'd already was, won for La Via and Rose. Yes, exactly. So she she actually didn't. But she was amazing. I, I remember. Man, I, she was good. And uh, honestly, she was fantastic. It was one Matthew, of the best performances of the uh, year. Arts. He was he was great in it he too, was. especially that both. scene in the hospital at the end. Yeah, and dude, when that happened, that scene that happens before that, I was like, no, 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 please, not something else. Yes, I mean, like I was just sitting there. You know when you when you put your hands in your head and you're just kind of reacting with their emotions in a way. Yes, you know it's kind of like Short Term Twelve did that to me as well. Yeah, you know it really kind of captures your emotions too. You know it's a good movie, right? Especially when it comes to romance, because there's not a lot of romance movies that can do that to yeah. me. And I'm not saying I, I cried at all. I didn't even tear up. But I was really, really engaged in the movie. Yeah. Uh, it, what a great, great movie. And these are the times where we don't watch enough foreign films, mm -hmm. that we don't appreciate a lot of the foreign directors. Yeah, um, It's just kind of tough in this day and age. But, man, I'm glad I watched this movie. Great yeah. movie. And if you can't do the the subtitle thing, this might be one worth getting over. It's really cool. And man, that shot where that killer whale, com killer whale comes up to the uh, glass screen that is, and she's on the other side, just kind of doing her hand movements with it. Yeah. Well, that was powerful. It was that was really, a really cool good. scene. Yeah. And there's a lot of trivia uh, on this movie on IMDb where, you know, Marion Cotillard, she was, uh, she's a big animal enthusiast. Yeah, she was against that. a lot of things in this movie, but because uh -huh. of the transition of the uh, character, her character, she chose to go ahead and go forward with filming it. But she was really upset with, you know, it, it's not, in Europe, it's not um, SeaWorld. It's something else. I don't know what they call uh, it over there, okay. but it's, but she's really against that sort of thing, which a lot of people are. Right. Um, Man, good flick. Yeah. There's a lot of cool trivia on that. That's my point. And, and there's, there's a lot of, about that specifically and her and how she felt. And that scene in particular where, where the, the whale, the orca does come up to the screen and kind of, oh, man. It was cool. Man, it was good. The, Rach, the have you seen it? <laughs> Thanks. There it is. There it is. Did you not see Rest and Bone? Nope. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. I thought I saw it with you. Uh, Must have been one of those other whores. <laughs> uh, it, no, and honestly, this movie, I already liked her a lot mm -hmm. and thought she was one of this generation's best actresses. But this movie that kind of confirmed it for me. I was like, okay, this woman is legit. 
And she's really pretty. She's like the perfect combination. <laughs> you you brought her up. I think she was on one of your top five when we did our favorite actresses. She was. And she's she in my is, top five. Boy, she's moving up in my list. Yeah. She's, she's good. so, so good. You know she's going to be in Assassin's Creed? Isn't yeah, I do. Weird? Yeah. Isn't that like her third movie with Fassbender? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. They're probably banging. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lucky Fassbender wins again. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rachel. I've seen his Fassbender. Yeah, shame. Shame. That's right. Saw a lot of that. Yeah, there was a lot to see. You should be saying lucky her. Yeah. (laughs) So what else have you been seeing lately, Well, to add on to all those great movies that Jacob's been watching, (laughs) I watched Neighbors 2. (laughs) What? Yeah, I did. Hey, no, this is good, though, because this is a... It's a current movie. Yeah, I often talk about old movies, so I'm glad that you're talking about something new. Um... I actually thought the first Neighbors is pretty good. Didn't love it, but it got some good solid laughs out of me. And for a sequel that basically is the exact same as the first movie, it's still is. pretty good. Yeah, it was. I was actually pretty impressed with it. Um, they found enough ways to make it a little bit different. With it being they, girls instead of guys. With it basically. being girls, right? It was still it was still fun. I mean, it's not as good as the first one, but. If it's available to rent, I would do that. If you're trying to kill some time, it's worth seeing in the theater. It's not a waste of money or anything like that. The thing about it is when I walked out and was talking about it again, there's not really any one part that stood out to me. Yeah, like I can think of the first movie, and there are several parts that stood out to me that were really, really funny. I I heard it was a rehash of the first. It it, It, definitely is. Did you watch it? No, I just heard it was. No, it it definitely is. It basically is. is a rehash of the first. But I thought that there were a lot of jokes and a lot of scenes in the first one that really stood out. This one, even though I'm like you, I enjoyed it, and I thought it was funny. Uh, And it's actually got surprisingly pretty decent reviews. Um, there really wasn't anything. I was like going to try to mention a few like scenes your favorite or part or something, but nothing th- it's really just stands a... out to me. No, they made Dave Franco gay, which was kind of. A I'm pretty twist. sure they did that in the first one. I don't think they did. I think that they we need did. our we need our our uh, viewers or listeners to to write in and tell us whether or not Dave Franco was gay in the first. I'm one pretty was sure he was. Well. We'll argue about this later. Okay, on. then. Uh, <laughs> but still pretty good. Nothing really stood out. Um, I'm sure it's getting a lot of prey. Like, from what I've seen, they're like, oh, strong woman. Because that's a, that's, a, that's a thing right now. Which I'm not opposed to by any means. But uh, did, did you think it was kind of weird to see a kick-ass girl, Chloe? How do you say her name? Chloe? Yeah. She's got three names. Isn't there a Grace in there or something? <laughs> yes, Chloe, Chloe Grace. Chloe. Yes, <laughs> that. Uh, yeah. Wasn't it weird to Gosh, see her kind of be the take charge Bizzo? Yeah, because she's yeah, that and was I weird. think she had a hard. She's a good actress. My but internet I think, crashed. She's, so I, I think she kind of struggled to play that. She she seems too sweet. Yeah, and adorable. She's, yeah. Like I wasn't convinced that she was good. Uh, it was shows a little me. bit of range then. Yeah, Chloe uh, Grace Moretz. Yeah, I really, really like her, uh, and it's kind of weird to see her be a grown-up woman. I like, I like, I will say that I liked the recurring Zac Efron is hot jokes, basically yes. in like a lot of different forms. Yes, uh, but at some point he has to get up and dance, and these <laughs> like strong women who are like, "Oh, we don't need any man." They're like, "Well, I'm a human being. I have yeah. to watch this." Yeah, that <laughs> like basically great. abandon their task and go watch Zac Efron dance. Oh, and that was funny. The lead up to okay, that was good too. Where 
their whole plan was to distract them so that they could steal the pot, steal the marijuana. And so Zac Efron's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get up on stage and I'm going to dance and I'm going to distract all of them. And Seth Rogen's like, do we really think that's going to work? You just dancing? And then every other character is like, oh, yeah, it's going yeah, to work. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. work. Even the male character work. was yeah. like, yep, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, I, that was a good recurring joke, just that Zach Efron is hot and everybody wants to see him naked. And there's a lot of, like, touching him whenever possible. Uh, but it was pretty funny. And I liked uh, when they were, like, making the the hard-boiled eggs and he was kind of like becoming domesticated yes, a little bit and, that was fun and all that and it, just like the first one there's a lot of physical humor in it it's still good it's still funny the physical humor part of it was still funny they bring the airbags back there's yeah. some more stuff with the airbags see yeah. I, I said um, this before i'll say it again i i've yet to see one zach efron movie but i have seen him on late night and he's he's charismatic he's funny he's a very he's, the guy dude. seems like he's starting to venture into good movies, right? Right. If they start pretty, I mean, I, I think besides he's, dirty grandpa, or whatever well, it was, I don't but, consider that a good movie though. Well, that's what I'm saying. I said besides like, uh, I he, just think, I just think he has got a, a future ahead of him, which yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he's yeah, already he had, what's his history? I mean, he was, he was, he was high, school, musical. high school, high school, started. And then he was in hairspray, uh, the remake with John Travolta. And he was good in that. And then he was in Neighbors. He's been in some He wasn't random. like a Disney actor or anything? Yeah, High, yeah, School, High School Musical. Oh, so I don't basically. know. I've never heard of that show. Um, oh, you don't know High School Musical? Uh-uh. It's a movie. It's really? several movies. It's several movies. Uh, and nah. I think it's been on TV. I don't know if they had a TV show on Disney or what, but it was several remember. movies. Alex that. Had... Nope. I don't. I've really? never heard of it. Yeah, so but, I just assumed was, he came from that environment. Oh, it which was is a, wild. oh that's a huge, huge well, thing. It is very, very It was big. like Glee huh. before Glee. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's likable and he's hot and everybody wants to see him with a shirt off and he's going to be in Baywatch. So there's that more yeah. Zach Efron with a shirt off. That's cool. <laughs> it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's worth seeing. The movie I want to talk about is an indie movie starring Susan Sarandon. And funny enough, this chick is in three movies in the top 10 of the box office right now or that are out right now. Rose Byrne, who is in yeah, she's everywhere. 2. She is also in X-Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Um, and it stars J.K. Simmons as well. It's called The Meddler. Have either of you heard of it? I think I have. Nope. Um, basically, let me tell you the... It's an indie comedy drama. The synopsis is an aging widow, Susan Sarandon, from New York City follows her daughter, Rose Byrne, to Los Angeles in hopes of starting a new life after her husband passes away. So it's basically Susan Sarandon shows up, Rose Byrne is kind of going through some stuff, and Susan Sarandon's a pretty likable, funny, ditzy mom, and she kind of gets involved in Rose Byrne's life, but she's not having any of it. So she gets involved with her friends and her coworkers and all that stuff, and she kind of becomes a best friend of all these people. She meets J.K. Simmons. He's a cop. They kind of hit it off. It doesn't sound like there's much to it, and I guess really kind of plot line, it is pretty thin. It's more of a character study. It's a character study of a widow who's kind of refusing to acknowledge the fact that her husband died and move on with her life. So she's kind of filling her life by trying to be a friend and help her to everyone else, stranger or whatever. But it's a she's a likable character. Uh, one of Susan Sarandon's best performances, really. Uh, that's a pretty been, bold statement, man. Oh, I know. She I mean, a like pretty it's great a run in the eighties and nineties. So. Yeah, she was killer. But you mean I like in the last fifteen years? Return to form. 
It's the okay. best Susan Sarandon I've seen in, since the 2000s, probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, and she really kind of stretches herself, I think, in this movie. It's a, it's a different type different type of movie. It's, it's worth seeing. It's a movie I don't think anybody's heard of. Uh, it's getting pretty good reviews. Uh, yeah, I retract that I have seen this. I have not or heard yeah. of it. Yeah, it's it's worth seeing. It's 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 a good character study with with a couple of good performances and J.K. Simmons. Uh, you know, he's most people know him as J. Jonah Jameson or the band teacher from Whiplash. He's really likable in this as well. And you know, do you think J.K. Simmons has range? After seeing this, I would say yes. If I would have just saw, uh, if I said Juno, Spider Man, and Whiplash, would you say he had range? Not from those three movies, because he's kind of the... He's not the same in Juno, though. He's no, more calm. that's true. That is true. But I know what I'm getting at is that he's so unique in his acting style and how his voice is. Yeah. He's so precise on, on speaking that he kind of limits himself to only certain kinds of roles, right? Until you see, I would agree with that. But in this, he was completely different. He was like completely laid back. He was a sweetheart. He was kind of a softy. Kind of like Juno? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, but, but differently. Yeah, I agree. But he was such a—he was like the compassionate, yeah, good-hearted, kind of like a dad, <laughs> supportive. Oh, screw you. He two different roles, but I really like him. Uh, it's worth seeing. You're not gonna love this movie by any means, but you'll walk away being like, "I'm glad I watched that movie." It's worth seeing. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. Anything else we want to add? Uh, no, we, we won't be doing another top five list this week. We just kind of wanted to group in a couple movies this week. We both, I think we've all been kind of busy again. So yeah. don't expect that, but we'll we'll get it going again next week. Any clue what we're going to review next week? I don't even know what's coming out. So we'll get back to that Pop too, I guess. Star is coming out. That Andy oh. Sandberg movie. Uh, that's <laughs> that's like all right. the most uh, it's getting good reviews. Uh, I mean, it's it's a spoo. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Part Two. That's <laughs> no. the big movie coming out. We're uh-uh. not going to do that. No, we will not. So the next big movie, we're gonna, maybe Warcraft, The Conjuring Two. I'll tell you what. It's, I heard it's getting bad reviews, but I'm still curious about it. What Warcraft? Warcraft. World of yeah. Warcraft. Yeah, same here. The Lobster. Oh no. Is coming. That's out. what I want to see. It's going to be only at uh, Quell. If you're in Oklahoma City, it's only going to be at AMC Quell. But I'm definitely seeing that this week because it looks awesome. This week it will be? Yeah, this starting tomorrow. We're trying to release that for over a year. Starting tomorrow. Let's do the awesome. lobster next week then. I'm, let's do lobster. Yeah, let's do lobster. All right, cool. So it sounds like we're doing dinner plans, not podcast plans. He's your lobster. <laughs> What's that from? Friends. Mm. Yep. Uh, this is Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>